Welcome to the Mango Times Podcast. This is Fletch. I'm the writer, editor, and general stick poker for everything you read or listen to at themangotimes.com. Hey, this is my own personal podcast where I like to talk about culture and Christianity. I'm going to have some good friends stop by just to make us laugh. We'll talk about good movies, good food. I'll talk about the great singer-songwriter Jimmy Buffett and what life was like for me growing up in the 1970s, as well as what life is like now in a big family, which for me is eight great kids and a gorgeous wife. Hey, stick with us here at the Mango Times Podcast and help us as we quietly make some noise. Hey, this is Fletch. Welcome to another edition of the Mango Times Podcast. I've got to tell you how excited I am to record this podcast today. You might be able to hear that sound behind me. That is the sound of the Pacific Ocean. That's right. This podcast is coming to you live from warm Pacific water on the west coast of Maui. I have my feet in the water, and I'm talking to you right now. I'm in my happy place. Um, For a lot of people, coming to Maui is a family vacation, a big deal, a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip. For me, it's a five-hour flight to a warm, comfortable location. And, you know, I only come here when I get free air miles, but we come just to rejuvenate. We come to relax, we come to just kind of clear our minds from the hectic life of a busy dental practice and a big family. Um, And so I'm excited today to bring this podcast to you. You know, as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about how much I love this island, how much I would love to live here, how much, you know, I hope that one day I could make longer trips here. It reminds me of a topic we bring up often at the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, which is hope shifting and where we shift our hope as believers. What exactly does that mean? I'm hoping today to kind of crack into that with you and to discuss in detail um, what hope shifting means. Um, I'm hoping to sit down with a few friends and ask them what it means. And maybe all of us just in this conversation can begin to realize how quickly we shift our hope off of the gospel and onto something else. Hey, stick with me for this edition of the Mango Times Podcast. And did you find the Mango Times podcast because you follow the Mango Times blog? Well, I produce another podcast called Homeschooling in Real Life with my wife, Kendra. You can find us at homeschoolingirl.com. That's homeschoolingirl.com. We blog and we podcast about homeschooling in real life. We talk a lot about the gospel. We kind of cut through the crap that homeschoolers tend to get themselves stuck in. And we get real. We talk about real issues from how to talk to your kids about sex to problems in the church to what to do when you just want to throw in the towel because homeschooling is a buzzkill. If you like what I have to say here at the Mango Times podcast, head on over there, homeschoolingirl.com. So here I am out of the beach. I'm back home in my studio, and I just can't tell you what a great time we had in Hawaii. Uh, It is where the Mango Times belongs. So let me officially welcome you to episode eight of the Mango Times. This one is called Hope Shifting, 
And if you listened to episode 7, it was a great episode on gospel amnesia. And if you haven't, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it, because that one puts the ball on the tee for what we're talking about uh, on this episode. And what we're going to do on this episode is really define what hope shifting is. And and what I want to do is I want to explain how I got there. I'm going to bring on Pastor Jim Applegate. Uh, We recorded him for the Homeschooling IRL podcast where he defined the term. I mean, he's the one that kind of created it during a sermon series at Redeemer Church in Modesto. So I'll bring him on. Then I'm going to bring a lot of friends on just to kind of talk about what hope shifting means to them. So hopefully by the end of this podcast episode, we'll all have kind of a definition because I'll use that a lot on the Mango Times and on the Mango Times podcast. So, you know, how did I get there? How did Fletch, who is sitting here now just chugging down good coffee, uh, the guy that seems to have a lot of fun, plays with a dog, plays with kids. How did I get into hope shifting? Well, um, if you remember that story that I started on Gospel Amnesia, you'll know that at some point in our marriage, uh, Kendra and I decided we needed to get our theology and our doctrine figured out. And that led us on a long path um, to a place where, if, if you listen, I, I loved what I said, was that our theology became clear as ice and twice as cold. So we ended up at a place, we ended up at a church that was um, homeschool friendly, that was um, kind of, you know, to tell you the truth, it was kind of fabricated. I mean, we created that church to be what we wanted it to be, um, which was, you know, deep, solid theology, um, kind of homeschool friendly, homeschool only. um, And really, we began focusing so much on doctrine and theology that, you know, I had developed this case of gospel amnesia. But I noticed something occurring there that I've termed lifestyle evangelism. Now, we all know what evangelism is. I mean, you can have an evangelist for coffee, you know, that just people just only talk about coffee. They direct you to good coffee. They tell you about the bean. I mean, I should be a coffee evangelist. I should be a lot of evangelists, but coffee evangelist is one of them. But lifestyle evangelism is something completely different. That's where someone would come up and say, wow, what is different about you? And rather than tell them about Jesus, um, people would tell them about homeschooling or tell them about their family dynamics or tell them about um, the way they uh, have chosen to live their life or family worship or the church they go to or how they decide to do church. Everything about their lifestyle, except for Christ. And we just saw that over and over. So in other words, people started focusing on what they did rather than who they knew. Uh, What we began to see in in the lives of families were focusing on the externals, um, focusing on behaviors, focusing on, again, what they did rather than who they knew. And that in combined with gospel amnesia, is how we began to shift our hope off of Christ and onto behaviors. Now, I'm going to talk about this in detail further. I think this would be a good time to bring in uh, Jim. And again, we recorded him for the Homeschooling IRL podcast where we asked him about hope shifting, and we asked him to define it. And here's what he had to say. I actually came up with the phrase hope shifting on accident. I was actually preaching when it came out of my mouth. So if you think that it was like on purpose, 
It really was, and I wish I could claim it, but I think it was more of a Holy Spirit type thing. And I was preaching through the book of Exodus, and I, I really love the word hope shifting because it defines for me what the biblical term idolatry is. And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up, you know, with the phrase idolatry and always kind of associated with Old Testament sacrifices and Baal and all those kind of things. And therefore, I had a really hard time trying to figure out what idolatry meant in current vernacular. And so when I, when the Holy Spirit gave that word hope shifting, it made me go, oh, that's simply idolatry, putting your hope in something other than God. Yeah. And so it's a very simple thought. It, it doesn't need to be complex, but I think it, it tells the story about a lot of things that we do today. God gives a good gift, and instead of praising Him for giving a good gift, we begin to put our hope in that gift. Yeah. And, and that's shifting from what our real hope should be to something other. All right, so hopefully you caught that. The hope shifting, you know, the definition that Jim used or, or when he used that term, we were talking about the Israelites in Egypt. And we saw that originally, you know, they went there for a very good thing. They went there for food. They were sent there by God. And after many, many years, after generations, almost 400 years, they're still in Egypt. But now they're slaves to the very thing that God was providing for them. You know, now they are... Um, as slaves building the food storehouses, and that's what God sent them to Egypt for. So they shifted their hope from God onto Egypt and onto what Egypt provided for them instead of trusting in a holy God. And we'll see that throughout all of Exodus. As they leave Egypt, they continue to shift their hope back to Egypt. You know, they want to go back to Egypt. Um, Hey, there's a Keith Green song. Maybe I should put a clip in right here. So you want to go back it's warm and secure. I'm sorry about the one way ticket when you thought you were sure. So picking back up from our story where I left off, we're at a church where we have gospel amnesia. We see lifestyle evangelism taking place. Something seems a little wrong, and you know, it's hope shifting, but I don't know that yet. And some major events occur. Uh, first I have a very good friend who tells me, Fletch, you're missing it. Kind of as a warning. Um, I would, if I was a Navy person, I would say that was a shot across the bow. It was just a warning that, you know, you might be missing something. And I used good doctrine and theology to tell him why he was wrong. Less than two months later, that guy died. And at his funeral, I was able to share the passage from 1 Corinthians on love. And... As I read through that passage in the moment, I recalled what he told me, and it began to wake me up. Fast forward, we took three kids to the edge of death. I mean, God spared them, but we peeked over the edge. And in each of those, uh, what my wife said is, we really need to be in the business of giving people hope. And we realized again, we had gospel amnesia, and we started to wake up even more. And the more we woke up to the gospel, the more it appealed to us, the more joy we got, the more we wanted to talk about Jesus, we realized that we were maybe in the wrong place. And so we backed out of church leadership, and eventually we backed out of church membership um, because we found that we were getting more and more resistance 
with our gospel fervor. Now, in his grace, God led us to a church that was preaching through the book of Ephesians, and they were focusing on the centrality of the gospel. I mean, if that's not exactly what I needed at the time, I don't know what is. We then led to the book of Exodus, and we started talking about hope shifting. So suddenly, everything started to make sense. We just realized we were a family of hope shifters. We're a church of hope shifters. We're a community that does that. So this is a good place to take another quick break. Um, You know, I'd been recording this, and Kendra's been listening. So, um, you know, I had been talking about this for a while, and we'd been kind of talking about this in the studio, and Kendra was listening to me, and I said, hey, let me just... Um, get your voice on the podcast for what you think hope shifting is. Here's what she had to say. All right, so I'm sitting here with my wife, Kendra. She is my co-host on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Hello, Kendra. Hi, Fletch. Hey, um, we're talking about hope shifting on this episode of the Mango Times podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of sum up what hope shifting means to you? Uh, I think if we're using different words for the same idea, it would be um, the term of if only. Like if only I could have this today. If only the kids would behave. If only dinner would come out really great. If only I could get my book in publication. If only yeah. <laughs> the church was was perfect. If only my parents were great. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's not personal. I'm just saying. I think that's hope shifting. Is is thinking that if I if I have something better or different in some area of my life, if only I had more money. If only, if only, if only, then things are going to be better. And then I start to place my hope there. I've shifted my hope from the only person who can truly fulfill my life to anything and everything. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank Kendra for being on the podcast um, because I like what she had to say about the if onlys. That's a great way to think of hope shifting. You know, when our church talked about hope shifting, we used a little graphic and I'll share that in the show notes for this episode. But it was a graphic of a pendulum that swung to two different extremes. And I'd like to, you know, maybe describe both of those two extremes and and show you a little more what I mean about hope shifting. You see, the pendulum represents our identity, um, where we find acceptance, where we find security, value, significance, and purpose. On one end of that pendulum, uh, it swings out to the world and the things of the world. Think of like materialism and money and power and physical pleasures and, you know, even status. You know, what are the things in the world that we try and find our identity in? And a lot of people will just point to that and say, sure, you know, as unbelievers, they look at, you know, sex and drugs and money. Those are the things that they they look for to bring them significance or that's what they look to for comfort um, or for purpose or acceptance. They get accepted if they take part in that. But it's a real threat for believers as well. You know, think of relationships. Um, you know, the famous line from Jerry Maguire, you know, you complete me. We live in a cynical world and we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You Uh, This idea that when a relationship ends, that um, 
life is over, that you know, you've lost your acceptance or your security because you put it in a person or in a relationship. Uh, what about the big one? What about money? There's another one from Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's it, brother. You got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. You know, that there's another one that when people, you know, they they judge their identity based on their bank account. When it's filled, they're secure. And when it's draining, they're insecure. And again, that's because they're putting their hope into their bank. They're putting their value in their worth, their financial worth. And ultimately, everyone in this category is looking for identity in what the world offers. And before I go to the other extreme or even talk about the center, let's um, let's bring another guest in. This is my friend, uh, Bill Knoyer. Uh, he's another friend from church, and he has a really good grasp on hope shifting. Yeah, I, I think hope shifting is anytime um, I shift to something that's um, lesser than God. And so the way I look at that is that, you know, I... If it has to do with my time, that I'm believing a lie about God when I hope shift, that um, God failed me. He wasn't great enough. He failed to give me more than 24 hours a day, you know. So um, I hope shift maybe in money and uh, my paycheck isn't large enough or the economy is my problem. And really, at that point, it's not really the economy's problem. It's not really the paycheck isn't large enough. It's that I've believed a lie about God that he is not generous enough. It's just that hope shifting, moving away from the belief that God is good enough, He's great enough, He's gracious enough, um, you know, to handle what comes my way. And uh, and when I don't believe that is when I hope shift to experiences or people or things to fill that temporary void. If you're new to hope shifting, if you're new to even hearing me say that here on the Mango Times podcast or reading it in my blog, um, I'm, I'm hoping that this picture is starting to be painted for you because, you know, on, like I said, on that one extreme, we have the world, but on the other extreme, we have one that's way more insidious, and that's the extreme of religion, and that's people that are trying to find their identity in behavior, and that's right where we landed as a family. You know, I was pursuing theology and doctrine. You know, it was so important to me to know everything I could about God that I forgot to know who he was. And, you know, if you listen to our story at the beginning of this podcast, you'd know that, you know, I ended up in a fellowship of people that were pursuing knowledge over relationship. But overall, it was religious behavior and it was certain standards of dress and education and you know, family size, even, you know, as a big family dad, I, I saw that, that um, well-behaved kids certainly improved your ranking. And so you found more security. Um, you found more acceptance in just those religious behaviors. So my third and final guest is my friend, Christy Gregg. And she has this exact experience where she was shifting her hope um, onto her family and onto her behavior, uh, really, uh, in this on this pendulum swing of religion, and uh, I'd like to welcome her on and and just listen. She's a lot of fun. She's one of my favorite people as far as making me laugh in social media. So let's 
we we got off to kind of a funny start and then listen to what she had to say. Hello? 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 Hello. Hold on one second. Okay. Can you hear me now? I, I, I heard you the first time. Oh, I'm having a hard time hearing you for some reason. You sound very distant. Now, I'll tell you, I just got a new phone and I just restored it, so maybe it's something on my end. Wow, I can hear you absolutely fine. Oh, hold on. Maybe there's plastic covering the ear hole. Hold on. Okay, now talk. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, my goodness. There was plastic covering the ear hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I'm putting that on the recording now. Oh, my goodness. There it is. (laughs) I am on the phone with one of my favorite people because she makes me laugh a lot. This is... <laughs> See, I'm already laughing right now. This oh. is uh, Christy Gregg, and I'm talking about hope shifting on this podcast. And Christy, I wanted kind of just a response from you. Uh, what do you think of when I say hope shifting? It means that I am putting all my faith, sometimes external practices, uh, into uh, different things so that I might make myself good enough, presentable enough, so that God would find favor with me. So when you say this, are you hoping it's it's God's eyes that are looking and he's the one that's going to say you're good enough? Oh, that is such a good question. Yeah, well, that's what I always thought in the past. Um, how, I can say that now, two, three, five, ten years ago. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that's what I was doing. I didn't, you know, I couldn't recognize it or put words to it. So I was always thinking that I was doing it for God, but really it, was, it mattered a lot to me what my peers were thinking, what other fellow members in the church, like how they viewed our family. That is where I really thought, when it boiled, if you were to ask me that question, no, I really cared about what the elders and other people in the church thought. So one more uh, quick one. Mm-hmm. What would be a good solution or a, if, uh, yeah. if hope shifting is the problem, what's the solution? So bringing that into the present and just understanding that I am currently loved and like that Jesus died for my, for me, moment by moment every day, not just this, you know, oh, yes, okay, you sin, you must get better. Therefore, me, myself, I have to perform better. No, Christ loves you right now, right here. Oh, you just sinned? Guess what? You actually are forgiven for that. And you know what that has done is just created like a true sense of joy about everything in my life, but then um, I can rest in the fact that I have that love and it just actually encourages me to like actually not want to sin. All right, so if you've followed along with our graphic, you would see that the two ends of hope shifting um, are really just two sides. You either pursue things in the world or you pursue religion. And again, we're talking about where we find our identity, you know, where we find hope and value and security. And as that pendulum goes from one side to the other, um, and as you've heard our story and you realize that, you know, we were we were going both both ways or we were sliding over to religion and we were sliding to the world and we were trying to find um, identity in both of those, um, it wasn't until... I woke up from gospel amnesia that I realized that pendulum, it needed to center right over the gospel. In 
other words, I needed to realize that my hope, my identity, my purpose and value, that, that came in Christ alone. Um, and, you know, we if you look on the graphic, the verse there is from Ephesians where it says, um, for by grace you've been saved through faith. You know, that faith alone in Christ alone, that that centering of the gospel, that's where we find our hope and security, not in the things of the world and not in the things of religion. Because really, what does that do when you pursue those extremes? You are pursuing what the Bible calls idols. And, you know, really, like getting back to, to what Jim said, um, it's just easier to define hope shifting by idol worship. And either you look at those idols in the world or you look at them in religion and behavior, but they're just idol worship. And so that's hope shifting. That's what we mean on the Mango Times when we say hope shifting. And a little longer episode today, but you know, just to kind of define through this term, I hope it helped. Um, it's one that we're going to use often. We're going to come back to this. I'll refer back to episode eight. And um, you can you can always kind of come back here for that definition. Hey, thanks for listening to this uh, episode of the Mango Times. If you'd like to respond to me, you can in the show notes here. You can leave comments on this episode. You can tweet to me. My Twitter handle is at the Mango Times. Um, you can find me on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash the Mango Times. Um, you can email me through this website or even better, leave me a voicemail. Um, I'll play your voice on the podcast and I'll respond to any question you have right on the podcast. And um, I'll look forward to talking to you uh, next time in our next episode. Everything on the Mango Times podcast is written and produced by Andy Fletcher. For more information, go to themangotimes.com.